2 Corinthians chapter 9, if you found it and you're able to, let's stand together. We'll begin reading in verse number 5, and I am going to read down through the end of the chapter. 2 Corinthians 9, verse number 5, Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren. I want you to key in on that phrase, exhort the brethren. That is an encouragement, okay? something to be able to build up, but also as a reminder to exhort the brethren that they would go before unto you and make up beforehand your bounty, whereof ye had noticed before that the same might be ready as a matter of bounty and not of covetousness. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that ye, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. As it is written, he hath dispersed abroad, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever." Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food, and multiply your seed sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. For the administration of this service not only supplieth the want of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God." Whilst by the experiment of this ministration they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ and for your liberal distribution unto them and unto all men and by their prayer for you which long after you for the exceeding grace of God in you thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. We'll be looking at this passage of scripture and coming back to just so you know the direction we're going, verse number 7 says, Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. I'm going to preach this morning on a subject matter that uh, you may find sensitive, but it's in the Bible. And I'm going to preach on the subject matter on provision for church ministry. Provision for church ministry. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for the word of God. And Lord, I'm so thankful, Lord, that you have put everything in here to be able to help guide and direct, to be able to teach us, to educate us. And Lord, I pray throughout this morning, Lord, that you would give clarity in message, but also clarity of understanding. And Lord, may everything that's done... Lord, through this morning, and perhaps as a result of it, be for your honor and glory. And we'll thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Provision for church ministries, as we understand this subject matter, and just so that we don't mix words and you understand exactly where we're headed to this morning, the Bible speaks extensively on this matter of giving. And when I say giving, we're not speaking this morning necessarily about our time or our effort, but aren't you thankful for those that give their time and effort? 
that you can walk into a clean auditorium this morning. That you can walk in and the, the, the gardens are weeded and the lawns are mowed and, and uh, it looks pleasant around the house of God. But that's not the giving that is being spoken of here when we get to verses 6, 7, and 8 of 2 Corinthians chapter 9. But this is actually speaking about the monetary giving of the church family for the ministry of that church. Now, when we look at this, let me first of all remind us of what I mentioned in verse number five of the necessary to exhort, that is, yes, to challenge, but also to encourage and to build up and to remind of some things. And I want to say I'm thankful right at the beginning of this message this morning. I'm thankful for Granite State Baptist Church, and I'm thankful for the giving heart that our church has. We just read about this uh, from several of these thank you notes that came in of thank you for your generosity to be able to provide a hotel room up the road there. And uh, was able to, some brought their wives in, some was able to bring um, a deacon or an associate pastor and be able to be here for the meeting because of the generosity of people at Granite State Baptist Church. But let me ask you something. If we are doing something well here at the church, does that mean that we do not have to preach about it and remind us about it from the Word of God because it's in there. We still have to preach the entirety of the counsel of God, don't we? And I want to uh, encourage us and remind us this morning, really do some teaching. And after I went back and started thinking and, and realizing when God started putting this message on my heart, let me say this, close to a couple months ago, and then waiting on the timing that God would have I started going back in my heart and in my mind saying, how long has it been since I've preached from this pulpit about this subject matter of giving? Now, if we need to, lock the doors back there. You don't need to get up and leave early. I'm just encouraging us, just like last week at Mother's Day, y'all need to smile a little bit, okay? We're okay this morning. But I want to look at it from the Scriptures, and I've made this statement before. It's easier to preach something from the Bible when the church is doing well. And it's one of those times this morning. And I'm thankful for it, but we still have the whole counsel of God that we're going to look at. And we've had several new families, people that have recently been saved, and it's time to be able to go back and to be able to teach from the Word of God once again on some of our responsibility to the local assembly where God has put us. First of all, I want you to see that there's been a pattern that had been established since the beginning of time that God laid out in the Scriptures. We understand, and you'll, you'll hear around Granite State Baptist, you'll hear a, a little five-letter word that's used several times, and we'll make mention of the word tithe. And some people that just walk in off the street, they may wonder, what in the world is this terminology that's being used around the church? What is a tithe? Well, some would say and go back and say that that is just uh, Old Testament law that God put the, the nation of Israel under and said that Israel had to do that. I want to remind us this morning when I say a pattern that has been established, the first time that we see the, the form of the word tithe is 
actually all the way back in Genesis chapter number 14 and verse number 20. And the word tithe is actually used 32 times throughout the Word of God. You say, well, what is a tithe? If you were just to look up the very definition of the word tithe, it actually means a tenth. Okay, another spelling of that, it simply means a tenth. When you study back through, and don't lose your place here in 2 Corinthians 9, when you study back through the scriptures, we understand that it started as a free will offering that was given, that Abraham was able to come and see Melchizedek and actually offered him and gave him tithe, gave him 10% of his first fruits, 10% of that which he had for the ministry that Melchizedek deck had over and over throughout the Old Testament. And I'm just giving you a pattern, giving you some history. We could look at 32 different references if you wanted to this morning to be able to trace it through. I'm saying a pattern's been established that now as God's people were being formed and now you have a tabernacle in the wilderness and later on you have a temple that's been established. Listen, this pattern that God established was always for the people of that congregation to be able to take care of the needs of that ministry right there locally. God has established that. In fact, he established all the way through and And after it was a free will offering, God actually put it into the Old Testament law that 10%, a tithe of the, the first fruits, and that word first fruits is actually used, I believe, 32 times also as you go throughout the scriptures. But that tithe was to be given, and so it, it could have been money if they sold something and they received the equivalent of $50 for it, then they would take five of that and that belonged to the house of God for the ministry of the saints that are there. If they were to bring in the heart from their field that would be 10% of the first fruits of that that they would actually take to the tabernacle or to the temple there and be able to give it for the ministry to the saints and so is the first fruits of that the first fruits of their wine the first fruits of their oils the first fruits of any increase that they had they brought to the house of the Lord to be able to use for the ministry of the saints it was given by the people for the ministry. Now you fast forward, you say, well, that's in the the Old Testament. You go through all of that and that was for the tabernacle and that was for the temple. And yes, as we look at this pattern that's been established, can I remind us that God met every need, every need for that ministry through what was given by those people. And I sincerely believe today that everything in 2022 that God's local church needs right here, God will use his people that are right here to be able to provide and meet those needs. And as we look down through here, so the the Old Testament, we see this pattern all the way through here that's been established, and it just became a part of their lifestyle. 32 times all the way through the Scriptures, this tithe is mentioned. The people, when they would receive, they would automatically take 10%. And can can I encourage us on this? This is something now, I've been, I've been taught this all my life. It has not hurt me. 
And we'll see this, but it has helped me. It was not a question in our household. We believe in giving back that which God has given to us. And there's pattern all the way through. Now we fast forward a few thousand years and let me share this as we turn into the book of Acts after the church has been established. And I'm going to share a few things. Don't turn me off yet. Okay? Don't turn me off. If you're visiting with us today, you'll have to go ask someone or take my word for it that uh, you're not walking into a church that every Sunday morning we're just after your wallet. Can I say this? When God has your heart, and we'll get to that here in just a little while, He has everything else. And we're going to see, it's not a matter of just, okay, I had 10 tomatoes that I picked this week, and so to make sure, I need to take one tomato. Listen, when it's not getting down to that. I made $153.36, so I need to take $15.36 and be able to write that out and make sure, hey, listen, I want you to see through the Scriptures, it's gotten a little bit beyond just down to the dollar and the penny and the ounce of making sure what's given as a tenth. Okay, but we fast forward to the church has been established. I want you to see here this principle, this this pattern that's been established in Acts chapter number four. Look what it says in verse number 33. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. Neither was there any among them that lacked. For as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet and distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. Now we read verses like this and some will take that out of context and say, well, pastor, are you saying we got to go sell your house and sell the house and, and bring it in and put the money here? No, but in this early church, church situation, listen, there were needs and ministry of the the first century church, listen, that we don't have today. Do you understand the necessity of that first church family as they were gathering together when you uh, announced Christ as your Savior, followed the Lord in believer's baptism, very possibly, listen, that would cost you your residence. If you are living at home with your family, the family, if they rejected Christ, they may kick you out of the homestead. If you had a job and and you announced Christ as your Messiah, very possibly you would lose your job as a result of identifying with Christ. You know where the burden came back to, to be able to make sure those first century believers were taken care of? It came right back to the church assembly. Do you know what I believe ought to be the greatest organization and entity inside of a community to be able to reach that community in any way? I believe it ought to be the church. I believe it ought to be the church that God has assembled to put together. And listen, we've put off and shirked many of these responsibilities, whether it be, and listen, we do a great job. I'm talking church as a whole, whether it be putting clothes on someone's back, putting food in their belly, we've put it off to this organization and that organization when back in the first century it came back to the church. And that church family took care of each other. Whatever was needed, there was no lacking among the family. 
So we had this, this, this um, pattern that's been established of those that were part of that assembly. Listen, it was one assembly back for the nation of Israel all those years with the tabernacle and with the temple. And they would bring, and they would bring, listen, it could be their gold, their silver, their possessions, their, their fruits, their vegetables, their cattle, whatever it was, they brought that first fruits, that 10%, that tithe, and brought it to the assembly to be able to be used, to be able to meet the needs, not just of the ministries of outreach, but also for right here at the local assembly. So we see this pattern that has been established since the beginning of time that God has ordained and allowed all the way through. You say, well, let me say this, that we don't see the tithe in the New Testament when it comes to the church. No, we don't see that command that's been given. But let me share something else with you. This is a principle that was not condemned by Jesus. Okay, now follow me through. How many are going to stay with me till the end now, please? Stay with me till the end. We have a principle that was not condemned by Jesus. We could take the time and look at, and I'll I'll read a couple of these. Matthew chapter 23. Let me just read a couple verses here (coughs) as the Lord Jesus Christ is speaking here. Matthew chapter 23. He says in verse number 23, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye pay tithe. Well, see, there you are. He's pronouncing woe. Hold on, keep reading. For ye pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought ye have done and not leave the other undone. He said, you say you're paying your tithes and you pay it of all of these things, but you're leaving these things not done. He said, you ought to be doing these things, but not leave that undone. He didn't condemn them given the tithe where it was necessary. He said the same thing over in Luke chapter number, uh, Luke chapter number 11, Luke chapter number 11, It's relayed to us again, verse 41, but rather give alms of such things as ye have, and behold, all things are clean unto you. But woe unto you, Pharisees, for ye tithe mint and rue and all manner of herbs, and pass over the judgment and the love of God. These ought ye to have done, and not leave the other undone. He's telling them, It's okay to do these things, but the problem is they had gotten to the point that even their tithe, they were doing this as a religious duty, I believe, for everybody else to be able to see. And he said, you are leaving this, the weightier measures of the law, the love of God, the judgment of God, you're leaving these undone. He said we ought to do all of it together. It's a principle that is not condemned by Jesus. But it is a pattern that was established. Now, let me say this when it comes to Granite State Baptist Church. I want to remind us there is not 
a command anywhere throughout the old the New Testament or the Old Testament that says Granite State Baptist Church shall tithe 10% of all their increase. There is not a verse in the Bible that says that. Because we come back over, you still have your place there in 2 Corinthians 9? 2 Corinthians chapter 9, you see what the Bible did as you're coming through history and the people of Israel, those gathered around the tabernacle and around the temple would bring in their tithe, their 10% to be able to take care of the ministry of the tithe. You say, what did that take care of? It took care of the, the Levitical staff. Okay, it took care of their places to live. It took care of their needs. It took care of the administration of the temple that was there. You say, what does it do today? Your tithe keeps the lights on, takes care of everything around the church, takes care of your staff, takes care of the ministry, everything that's supposed to be done around a church today. You don't sign a paper when you start coming to uh, Granite State Baptist Church and a commitment and a pledge saying, okay, I will from henceforth give 10% of my income to Granite State Baptist Church. Wouldn't that be wonderful if we did? John Bunnell, that's your time to say amen. Okay. Now listen, we don't do that. I don't know if in the Old Testament, I don't know if the, the Levitical priesthood would oversee everything and say, is that really 10%? Is that really, hey, I know some, you get over to the book of Acts, and they were actually struck dead because they lied to the Holy Ghost of God. In the context of selling what they had, and they had committed. It wasn't that they didn't give all of it, it's just that they lied to them and said, this is what we did when they really didn't do that. So we come over to the New Testament church today. And we have verses and chapters like 2 Corinthians 8, 9, and 10 that you cannot help but understand and see the reality that this deals with our giving, our monetary giving to the ministry and provision for the ministries of the church. And so we look down through because what has taken place is, listen, some would say that tithing, that's just an Old Testament law and we're not under that. Let me say this. I agree, we're not under a mandate to tithe. In fact, some say that was only 10%. We're not under the Old Testament law today, and some would say we're not under law, we're under grace. I had someone walk up to me and say, I don't believe we ought to tithe. And I said, okay, I allowed him to continue talking. He said, because we're under grace, and when you start looking under grace, we ought to be doing a whole lot more than just that 10% and giving to the Lord. So we transition when we get into the church age of it's not so much sitting down and saying, look at these pennies and taking it all the way down to it to here's my 10%. But here's what the Bible says in verse number 7 that we read it. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loveth a cheerful giver. You say, well, pastor, you're letting us off the hook today when it comes to tithing. I believe this from the word of God. I believe tithing is a great pattern and great principle that has been established, that God has established with his people. But I believe it's also a great baseline. 
I believe it's a great benchmark that we can look at it and say, okay, what am I supposed to do? Now, listen, if you're new around Granite State, let me, let me re-emphasize this. We're not asking for your money every Sunday. In fact, I've often considered going back to, to passing the plate, but we keep a box at the back back there. I'm not standing and looking at everybody and, and what they're putting in on a daily basis to be able to take care of the ministry of the church. But there's not one person here would say that all this happens around this facility and all of our outreaches and being able to print the gospel and to be able to get gospel tracts out there. there. There's not one person would say that's all done for free. So how does that take place? How is the provision for church ministries, how does it happen? It comes from each and every one of us. And may I remind us, I'm not exempt from this. I'm still a Christian following the Lord and trying to have a cheerful heart when I give. We have a responsibility. This is where God has placed us. So do you understand that the ministries of Granite State Baptist Church and the upkeep and the continuation and the financial outflow is the responsibility of this congregation that God has put together? You say, Pastor, how much am I supposed to give? Well, I think a good baseline and benchmark is starting at a tithe that the principle has been established over the years. But I think as we move beyond that, listen, isn't it wonderful when we get to the point that, listen, I'm not doing it just because that's the letter of the law, but now I'm doing it because I've purposed in my heart and God is allowing me to be able to give. And we see a principle here in 2 Corinthians chapter number 9. We see that provision is promised for those that give. Provision is promised. You say, well, I don't understand that. I don't understand. If I give, how am I going to get something back? There's something called faith that God just takes care of things. And listen, we've got some faithful ones here at Granite State. You may not have experienced this before, but how many just by the uplifted hand can just say, hey, I'm testimony to that, and God has sure taken care of me because of giving. Hey, God sure has done it. God sure has taken care of things. Not just because it's the letter of the law, and while pastor's going to come and check and look at our checkbook registry and be able to see what we're given. There's no way whatsoever. And can I say this? And you, you can ask everyone that's involved in our finances here at Granite State Baptist Church, I would not be able to call out one name right now because I don't know what you give or when the last time is you gave. That's what makes it easier to be able to stand up and preach. I can look in your God-given eyeball and I don't know if you haven't given for six months. Or I don't know if you gave it last week. I have no idea, but I will say this, that there is a provision that is promised for giving to the ministry of the Lord. And you say, well, I knew this was just prosperity given. No, I don't give because God's promised. I give out of a cheerful heart and God allows me to be able to give. You understand we just got this letter right here, over 820 meals that have just been distributed and given to correctional officers. And I guarantee from where they went, there probably wasn't more than five of these 820 officers that know Christ as their personal savior. So do you understand over 800 that we were able to be a part of? You say, how did that happen? It came from cold, hard cash that was given to be able to accomplish an outreach to be able to get the gospel to them. And guess what, church? We had a part in that. 
And boy, I'm thankful for that. Now, when we see a promise, look what he said in verse number six. We see this principle again. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. You know this story. You know this this truth about sowing and reaping, that if you take one kernel of corn and put it in the ground, you might get lucky and a corn stalk comes up. But if you take five pounds of corn and run that down through them lines, listen, you'll have thousands of them that come up. What's the difference? Either sowing sparingly, I'll just, I'll just put one in there. Hey, you're still going to get fruit from it. Praise the Lord. But how much fruit do you want from it? I think I'll just make the whole row right there. We see this principle that's been given here. But then verse number eight, of course, we're reminded, verse seven, I already read it. God loveth a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you. Boy, when I look at verses like this, I cannot help but think back and remember, listen, there is not one person that has ever given that God owes them anything because God has always repaid his debt and God's always given back. You can't outgive God. Can I take a time out right here? Some are saying, well, the offerings must be bad here at Granite State Baptist Church in order for him to get up and preach that message. They've never been better. We're going after you. This is where people get nervous. Well, don't tell them that because then they'll back off on their giving. No, they've never been better. We're paying off property next door. We're putting it towards it. We're doing as much outreach as we've ever done, being able to go after our community and be able to reach them and be able to get the gospel out there, doing as much as we've ever done. Well, something must have been said for you to get up and preach a message like this. Not a thing. I want to encourage our people. But then you know there's some, well, you must have looked at my given and realized that I wasn't given then. Well, if that's God ringing your bell, then go ahead and answer it. But I can stand before the Lord right now and say, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even go downstairs and count it. Got people to take care of that stuff. I don't need to. I can stand up and preach the word of God. Okay, time in. There is a provision that is promised, and we have seen God do it over and over and over again. When it is a cheerful heart, God has provided. He is able to make all grace abound. There is a promise that God is going to meet every need. If you go back into uh, Luke chapter 6 and verse number 38, he says, give and it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, shaken together. How many? Hey, you can get a bag full at Goodwill. A $5 bag, man, you cram everything you can into that bag. And I want to get every shirt. I want to get every pair of pants, everything I can fit in that bag. Hey, listen, that's the example that's being given that God says, I'm going to make sure you're taken care of. It's not always a check. Listen, let me say this. It's not checking $100 bills that fly down from the sky. But I have found out this. As we were traveling, we were rolling up them roads in our vehicle as we were missionaries. 
hey, there were times God made, made them tires go a whole lot longer than what they needed to. There was one time we pulled into South Alabama. We were, we were coming up. We, we, we pulled out. I heard something on a tire. And how many know it's not good when you get out and look at your tire and there's a baseball-sized bulge out the side of it? How many know that's not a good thing? How many know it's just stubborn of me not to get off the road and get that tire fixed immediately? And I said, well, we still got five hours to be able to get home and I'll get to the Sears up there and make sure to be able to get the same tire to be able to match them up. How many know that's just stubborn on my part? How many know we had a word of prayer before we started that vehicle back up and said, Dear Lord, I don't have the two hours to go sit right now. And Lord, we're going to get on up the road there, and I'm praying you'll help us to be able to get up there. How many know that it's just God's grace that we made it back to Cleveland, Tennessee, and we were able to get that tire taken care of? You say, why is that? Hey, listen, I just believe we look at testimonies like that, and God just provides and takes care of things. You say, well, is that because you just give your 10% every time? Hey, listen, I know that's part of it. And you're not going to outgive God. And I want to encourage You say, I haven't learned that. Hey, use it as a baseline. Some say, I can't afford to tithe. I found out this, I can't afford not to. I had my dad, he taught us when we were young, listen, you better give back to the work of the Lord because God honors that and God takes care of things. And he said there was one time, one time, he was a quicker learner than I was. He said there was one time, he was in Bible college down in Lynchburg, Virginia. And he said, boy, things were tight. And he said, I chose not to tithe that week. And I said, well, I can just use that for the family. And he said, I kept that money. He said, I didn't put it in the offering plate. He said, I didn't give it at the church. He said, wouldn't you know it? He said, that week, he said, our washing machine died. He said, you're not going to guess how much it was to get that washing machine fixed. It wasn't to the penny, okay? He said, but it was that close that I knew in my mind, there's that money. Well, you say, well, God was just providing and God allowed him to be able to keep that money to be able to pay for that. That wasn't the conviction on his heart. He said, now it cost me double. He said, because now I went and fixed the washing machine. He said, and God spoke to my heart and said, maybe you should have given it and would have been taken. He said, then I had to turn around and give the money too. He said, it always pays to give to the Lord. Now, can I encourage us on this fact? There was always a central location for this base of giving to be able to come to. In the Old Testament, you did have the tabernacle, then you had the temple, And guess where they brought it in the New Testament? We just read it in Acts chapter number 4. They brought it and laid it at the apostles' feet. They they may not have had a building there. Actually, the church was too big in Jerusalem to meet in one little four-square building just like what we got right here, okay? But they brought it, laid it at the apostles' feet, and then it was distributed to be able to go out. There was always a local place for that to be able to come to. And guess what that place is today? The church. I believe God has raised up the church, and I believe that each and every one of us have a responsibility. Listen, this is our church. We love the outreach. We love what God's doing. Hey, let's be found faithful. You say, Pastor, what am I supposed to give? That's between you and the Lord. In my life, it's a good base starting off with that 10%.
what God's spoken to my heart about. And when I say that's a good base, you know what a base is? Something you build on. And we've gone up from there. Now, that, that's in our life. That's what we've purposed in our hearts. But that's a baseline there. Now, let me encourage us with this. Lest you say this is just a, a money-grabbing message. Listen, Jesus went after their heart long before he went after their wallet. And he said this, and we read those verses. He said, you're paying your tithes and you're doing this. He said, but you're overlooking the weightier matters of the law. He said, in other words, you're doing the outward actions, but your heart's not right. And listen, just by giving, it's not going to make you more right with God that you're going to be able to get to heaven faster. It's not going to. You might be able to enjoy the trip a whole lot better. If you want to write out a check for a million, I'll enjoy the trip a whole lot better. Y'all smile now. Hey, listen, this is not in order to get us to heaven. And can I say the given to the church is not to get your dead relatives out of, into heaven. That's not what the given's for. The given is out of our love and our appreciation to the Lord and being able to give back to Him. I'll close with this verse. Proverbs chapter number 3. Proverbs chapter number 3, starting in verse number 7, says, Be not wise in thine own eyes, fear the Lord, and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel, and marrow to thy bones. Honor the Lord with thy substance, and with the firstfruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Honor the Lord with your substance. First fruits of all your increase of all thine increase. Give back to the Lord. Can I encourage us here at Granite State Baptist Church? And I'll close it simply with these statements. If you're not tithing and giving to the Lord, I want to challenge you. Give to the Lord. And see what God would do. If you are, you know the testimonies. You know it is that God takes care of things. God meets needs. God provides. After all, we're in this thing for eternity, aren't we? Now, can I say we're not asking for your tithe? I, I don't believe the Bible's asking for your tithe all the way through. I, I don't believe it. I believe what he is asking for is, listen, and if you're, you're bucking up against this, why don't we start searching right here first? I'm not checking a 10%. But God put on my heart to say, hey, let's check some hearts this week. Is our heart right with the Lord? Are we given out of a cheerful heart? When we come back to 2 Corinthians chapter number 8, so let him give not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. You know what one of the greatest days in my life were? When I realized that I was able to give not because someone was checking up on me. I had a father that he'd pay me. He was a land surveyor, along with being a pastor. He'd pay me. I think I started out a dollar an hour. But he'd check up on me and say, did you tithe off that? Did you tithe off that? Did you give? He checked up on me. You know what it was? It was teaching. But then it came to the point 
it wasn't because he was checking up on me. But then I realized I got to be a part. And now that 10%, that's not what things are gauged off. That's, that's not, hey, here's the letter of the law. And here's what I need to write that check out for. If that's what God's put upon your heart and that's what you've purposed in your heart and so what you give. But it got back, it got to the point now of saying, okay, Lord, now I get to give and enjoy it and be able to see this. When I get, I helped out with the hotel rooms too. And when I get notes back like this, when I walk into the walk for life down there for the pregnancy center last Saturday and here comes this little baby that Miss Crystal's holding. And we were able to help with that baby. And that mama chose life. Hey, that wasn't mandatory. It was just out of a cheerful heart. And so first of all, and, and don't worry, we're not taking up an offering after this. It'll be, the box will still be in the back. But I'm praying each and every one of us check our hearts in relation to this. And say, okay, where are we at on it? Are we tipping God? One preacher put it this way. He said, why would you go to a restaurant and give more to that waitress than you give to God on a Sunday? Boy, that was convicting to me. I thought, wow, I'm not preaching that this morning. I'm just telling you what I was told one day. But I thought, Lord, would you help us? I so love and enjoy what God's doing through Granite State Baptist Church. And I'm praying God would allow us to be able to continue on. Now, it may be that you need to start tithing. And that's just your base. Just start doing it. Start doing what's right. Say, Lord, help me to start here. Here's a baseline. Lord, whatever you put in my heart, that's what I'm doing. And if it grows from there, why not? Watch God take care of things. Cheerful giver. But make sure it's the heart. Make sure it's the heart. I'm not coming to your garden this summer. So you got 12 zucchinis. So 1.2 of them are supposed to come to the church. That's not where we're at, okay? That's not Granite State Baptist Church. And if you've been here more than this morning, you know it's not. But I'm saying, Lord, help us to give cheerfully.